You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Live from the Sixth and Peabody Studio and across the Outkick Network. This is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Third hour, Outkick 360. Welcome in. Glad you're with us. Over the next hour, plenty to discuss with David Hookstead of Outkick.com. Brittany Griner's coming home and a trade for an arms dealer in exchange for Griner. We've got that plus. The Washington Commanders, the House Oversight Committee, the report is out on Daniel Snyder, on Roger Goodell and the NFL. Dive in on that as well. Coming up in just a moment, we'll discuss the NFL slate. But, Chad, the there's a five-star wide receiver who has he's, – he's all in on name, image, likeness to an yeah. extreme in allowing fans to choose where he's going to attend college. Jurion Dickey is a five-star wide receiver in Menlo Park, California. So I uh, believe Menlo Park is San Fr- part of San Francisco. These are two San Francisco areas. Is that next to Cal Holly? High school stories, I believe. Menlo Park, isn't that where um, Thomas Edison did all of his work also? I don't know. Anyway, I'm just butchering American history <laughs> right now th- throughout this story. What sure. else can I talk about? You know what? Yes. Yeah. So the Battle of Shiloh we'll yeah. go to next. Yeah. Uh, Jurion Dickey is down to Tennessee, Oregon, and Penn State to play college football. He says he is going to decide by using this company called Prospects. That is Prospects with an X. Which means he's getting paid by them. Yes. It is a digital trading card company. And this is a, they're hyping it as a new era in NIL through a unique recruiting strategy. You basically, as fans, can register through prospects as a fan of a certain school and then pay specifically for digital trading cards of prospects through prospects with an X. Dickey says he will, his college fate will be decided by which fan base pays more for his digital trading cards. That is where we are now. In recruiting and in NIL. So, Jury on Dickey. Now, I, I'm guessing the kid has decided I'm okay with any of these three choices. Now I'll let the pocketbook decide. May I? With the fans. May I jump in here? Yes, you may. Have you heard of Three Card Monty? Yes. Where you think you know where the that card is? That I have is? heard of. Menlo Park, maybe not. So, this company, maybe it's on the up and up, but this company's paying him a flat rate for him to put this out. Right, and then they're going to get the profits. That's it my. It says that's in the video assumption. that he makes cash from the company. From no, from the purchase of the cards. It's so going the, to him. So the other two schools also go to him. You see what I'm saying? The other two schools where fans yeah, pay yeah, go it, to all, him? it all goes to him. Who's to say it's not rigged, and he gets to pick whatever he wants to, and then you have. A collective uh, certainly, at any of these. Certainly possible. Who's to say that, and again, Spire, if he wants to go to Tennessee, Spire Sports can load up this at the 11th hour 
and make sure he ends up wherever he wants to land, if it's Tennessee. Or and just, then you go to the other version of the collective at these other schools. Yeah, or Phil Knight this could is, just decide, I'm going to drop a million into that bucket this, at the very end. Yeah. This is a lie. That's my opinion on this. This is a scam. It's, it's a set, scam. It is set up for him to it's go where he wants to he, go. He can decide wherever he wants and then yeah. just claim Put Middle they Tennessee have State University as a fourth just in case, right? Like, it doesn't matter. You're not going there. Hutton, I didn't immediately think scam, but now that you say that, I, I agree with you. I believe that he's going to decide where he wants to go, and they can make the numbers work either way. You can have the collective. And they're, they're going to make a lot the, of money in yes, the process. You can have the collective boost everything with 10 seconds to go or whatever, and you can end up where you want to be ahead of time. And then you, you stay with this, because guess what he's going to do? And again, he may be great. I, and I don't blame, this is straight business here. Enter the portal after a year and do it again. And again, that's, I mean. Well, he's with the company now, so if it works out for him, he's not going anywhere. He's still going to be endorsing that company, so yeah. he could theoretically do that every year. You're right. Hey, I was right on both fronts, by the way. Menlo Park, where he's from, is in the San Francisco Bay Area, and there is a Menlo Park that and, Thomas Edison okay. was at in New Jersey. His Menlo Park is in New Jersey, where he came up with all of his inventions and, and whatnot, his gadgets. So, Chad, let's consider who... Tennessee's up against in this, just briefly, for 60 seconds. Penn State, Oregon, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got Nike, Spire, and Jimmy Frank going head-to-head -head with all this. I'm sure Penn State has a, a nice little collective also. I don't know much about it, but I'm, I guarantee they've got something. And they've got a huge fan base. So he picked three schools with big fan bases, but the one with the smallest fan base would be Oregon, yet they have maybe the deepest pockets because they're backed by Nike. They have a shoe deal. They have it though. They have the shoe. <laughs> well, right, yeah, right. I mean, but, not but just saying, a deal. I mean, all these schools have a shoe right. deal. They own the shoe. Well, you know what I mean, though. Like that. Yes, yes. You could sign immediately. Yeah. With with Nike, um, but the money's everywhere now. I mean, they, they. I mean, you could have a top ten. I mean, if, so, if, if you really wanted to get business uh, etiquette here, like let's go top ten. Just add in other schools. Go through the entire SEC and have a battle. And then at the very end, Hunt, just go where you want to go. Allow me to get really dirty for a second. Sure. Okay? Yeah. So in the state of Tennessee today, they approved NIL for high school athletes. This happens in Texas. This happens in, in other places, too. And it's coming up for legislation with state high school athletic associations. What's to stop a high school kid from doing this with different private schools that can recruit? Um Again, like name, if you were a prospect, like, like name, image, likeness, it's gone on before. Yep. And it will, I mean. But I'm, I'm saying now it's public. Right. Like if you came right. out and said, right. you know, I'm with prospects with an X at the end, and the boosters, alum, fans, parents, whoever that spend the most with these three private schools in this city <laughs> or in this state, I will go to the one that buys the most digital trading cards. And it could be a freshman in high school that's a top prospect or a sophomore. Where does it stop? Who you obviously won't make as much as you will in college playing this game, but you can just go right on up the ladder of money-making I mean, opportunities. Yeah, I mean, imagine... Also, a digital trading card, there is zero value in that. I really respect I those it. who actually produce something or make something now. It sounds like, Davey, you would be into this, I think. Well, just is that me? Is that too uh, judgmental of me? He, I feel like you've, you've you own like a Pokemon uh, guy. Yeah, do you own? Saying? 
Do you have any digital trading cards or anything like that that you purchased? Oh no, are you like trying to go like the N- NFT route stuff yeah. of that nature? No, I'm smart. I don't. I don't okay. dive into yeah, that. Okay. I'm well, not going to get screwed over you know by Sam Bankman-Fried or whatever his name is. No, this, I, this isn't my thing. I respect you any, even more now. Um, I must have been thinking about Corey Taylor instead of you. It is incredible that. though how much. Um, like, I, granted, this I'm sure people are like this is ironic from someone who you know produces a show and does a show every day that's there and then can go back and watch and is it really real if it's out on the internet and it's on radio then it disappears it's not a physical product yeah but what the internet has done for me with NFT with digital trading cards with all this baloney <laughs> is I really respect uh, people who actually produce something like we're here in a distillery this is moonshot they produce. They have jars of moonshine that's actually produced. They have products that they sell. Like you're actually creating something with your hands, with machinery that is physical. I can reach out and touch it. I can taste it. I can eat it. I can drink it. I respect people that do this now more and more as time goes on because so much of our commerce is just ether. It doesn't exist. A digital trading card? What the hell is that? I'm trying to get. I have people make fun of my iPhone 7s. Yeah, I don't think you can. I have in that part on have my iPhone 7s because I want less on my phone. I want less digitally. I don't need more apps. I don't need more photos. I don't ever go back and look at in my phone. I just don't. I don't need those things. I want less clutter in my. I want things out of my house, not things in my house. It's uh, what a what a time. What an amazing time to be Chad alive. With a relic. Uh, eventually, you'll have you'll be selling that as an NFT. Yes, the for, for the network that produces the Dave. most money for this iPhone S, I pledge my services to. Moving forward, Dave, this is going to be me that, in sure. 2026. It is time for one big thing on every NFL game. And we've got some buys. It's the final week for buys across the league. Of course, none over Thanksgiving. Had two teams last week and now six. Falcons, Packers, Bears, Colts, Saints, Commanders. All off this week. Thursday Night Football tonight. Raiders and Rams, Josh Jacobs rushed for 144 yards against the Chargers. He leads the NFL in rushing with just over 1,300 yards right now. He has a chance to become the first Raider to win the league rushing title since Marcus Allen in 1985. Rams quarterbacks have been sacked 42 times already. Again, if Baker plays, he is a sacrificial lamb. And for those thinking that McVay is going to get five games to evaluate him, you may get like a quarter and a half based on how bad this offensive line is. Jets and Bills. Jets already own a win over Buffalo. They're seven and five. Buffalo nine and three. And now they're back up top as the number one seed in the AFC. The Bills finally starting to actually run the football with Singletary and James Cook. Both have combined for a hundred plus rushing yards in two of the Bills' last three games. The Jets, by the way, last week just one for six in red zone opportunities with Mike White. That's the key in this one. Their defense actually showed up against Josh Allen. And you could say Allen didn't. Browns and Bengals. Joe Burrow has thrown 16 touchdown passes, only three interceptions over the last seven games. Cincinnati has lost three of four games against the division. And now they have a chance to climb and potentially pass Baltimore. Baltimore also faces division foe Steelers this week without Lamar Jackson. Cowboys have 21 takeaways on the season. They're hosting the Texans. The Texans are 17-point underdogs as Davis Mills returns as the starter in Houston. Vikings and Lions. The Vikings just one game behind the Eagles in the NFC home-field advantage chase. 
and the Lions are great on offense, really bad on defense. If they could play some defense, they'd be more than five and seven right now. They've really struggled on third down. They've really struggled in the red zone. They're 31st in the league on third down as a defense, and they are 28th as a defense in the red zone. Interesting matchup, though, because, again, Detroit's been going up and down the field. The Vikings have allowed 118 points combined over the last four games. Eagles and Giants. Giants have the Commanders next week. This weekend, they will host the Philadelphia Eagles, who come in at 11-1. Jalen Hurts threw for three touchdowns, ran for a, another score against the Titans, and then ran all over the Packers the previous week. The Eagles, though, committed a, a league or season high for them, 12 penalties. And Chad, uh, seven of them came on false starts and holding penalties against the offensive line. Yeah, that best offensive line in the NFL that we've been talking about all season. And here's the crazy part about that. Didn't even affect them no. in that game. 12 penalties, seven false starts. First and 15, second and 15 did not matter. They were rolling up yards and points against the Titans. Saquon Barkley has gone quiet in recent weeks. He has averaged just 56 rushing yards and three yards per touch over the last three games, and he was added to the injury report today with a neck issue. Ravens and Steelers mentioned this. Uh, Tyler Huntley, he has won, or excuse me, he's not won. He's lost three of his last four career starts. The Steelers, though, they've won three of their previous four games coming into this week, and Kenny Pickett, he's thrown 42 touchdown passes at Pitt last year. And Chad, how many do you think he's thrown for this year with the Steelers so far? How many? Nine games. A year ago, did you say it, Pitt? 42. 42? Nine games so far started. Seven? Four. Four touchdown passes in nine games. Close. I'm surprised by that low number for yeah. him. Um, time to pick it up. But they've been playing better. And he's they've got decent better. receiver options, too. Jags and Titans. Derrick Henry was held to 30 yards on 11 carries against Philadelphia. Ryan Tannehill, 15-3 and three, since he was named the starter for the Titans against the AFC South, 15-3. And, and he is he's never lost to Jacksonville. And Derrick Henry routinely runs all over Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence has not thrown an interception in six of his last seven games, but he has missed two consecutive practices now this week with a toe issue where he got rolled up on and is banged up and may miss this game it is uh cj bethard as the backup what local, a disastrous game product. against the tr detroit for the jags just overall nope. especially yeah. with with this news late afternoon kickoffs chiefs and broncos this is not one of them there is one game on their remaining schedule kansas city against a team that has a winning record and i believe that's seattle so here is Kansas City, here's Mahomes at 9-3 and three on the road in Denver. And two quarterbacks in the league have a lower touchdown percentage than Russell Wilson right now. Their names are Zach Wilson and Kenny Pickett. $245 million contracts is the difference between those three. Russell Wilson's got that. Panthers and Seahawks, offenses that play Seattle can run the football. And that's because the Seattle defense has allowed over 600 yards combined in their last three games you can pound the rock Deontay Foreman's on the injury report for Carolina so consider that if you're looking to place a wager on this game keep an eye out on what he's able to do if he's active 
that could be an upset pick. Four and eight Panthers against the Seattle Seahawks. That's in Seattle. Panthers have won two of their last three games. And they've only allowed 38 points in those three games combined. Buccaneers and 49ers. San Francisco, they've allowed only 57 points during their five-game winning streak. So with Brock Purdy, if the defense continues to show up, they will be okay at 8-4. and four. It's crazy to think that you get down to your third quarterback for any other team in the league and that you might be fine. And the four, I mean, it's relative to where well, they are. Yeah, not that your your ceiling is as high. You're going to be affected by that. Any team would be affected by it, but that it's not a disaster that you've got your third string quarterback in. You could still win playoff games, as an example, with the 49ers. How many other teams could say that if you're down to your third guy? Yeah, I mean, and also keep this in mind a, a Super Bowl winning team has never won the Super Bowl with a quarterback who was the third-string quarterback as the season started. Certainly, we have seen quarterbacks get to, or teams get to their third string, but by the time they won the Super Bowl, they were back to either their second or first-string guy. This could, I mean, Garoppolo could come back, but this is certainly one of those stories that could be phenomenal. Tom Brady, by the way, has only been an underdog to a rookie twice in his entire career. Vince Young in 2006, and now Brock Purdy. Wow. Tampa Bay on the road this week. Brock Purdy also. I love the, you know, I grew up watching this guy. <laughs> Same things like that. So did half the league, man. Yeah. Well, two-thirds of the league now. Uh, Dolphins and Chargers. This game was flexed to Sunday night football, so you get Miami in prime time. We have not seen Miami in prime time uh, from a national audience perspective. And Tua Tagovailoa, Tyreek Hill, and others. Tua's on the injury report with an ankle. Uh, threw two picks before he left with the ankle injury. Salgaro told us earlier, Armando said, yeah, he's playing. He's playing. Uh, but even with the loss to the Raiders, the Chargers, Chad, I I said last week was a must-win for them. They have Miami and then next week, Tennessee. Two good teams. And the Chargers are trying to get that seventh spot in the playoffs. This is that stretch where they can actually do it. And they get back-to-back home games with a chance to do it. And back-to-back AFC teams, currently at or close to the top of their division and Patriots and Cardinals Monday night football Patriots defense second in the league with 39 sacks Uh, the cards defense they're not second in the league in anything they have allowed a league high 25 touch 24 touchdown passes 16 of, of those 24 have come over the last six games so it's time for potentially Mac Jones to put the ball in the air a bit against that Cardinals defense. Hey, he's going to be yelling at Matt Patricia to make that happen if last week is any indication. And the Cardinals can also get a top five pick. We've just seen the draft order. They're sitting at four and eight, but it may be time to pack up and... Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Start to look ahead for the offseason. You could say it was that opportunity in September as well. Chad, that was one big thing on every NFL game. Love it. Coming up. David Hookstead joins us from Outkick.com on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. 
We with made Ro- it with Rowan Hutton with you. Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer. Tis and the season, Hutton. Look at this. Aren't you getting festive looking at all this red and green Christmas tree? Um, all the holiday flavors of moonshine in the tasting area. I get the, the sections of this place. I think I call it something different every time. The bar room. The kaleidoscope. The dining room. The yeah. tasting area. I just come up with a different description every time. David Hook- I love it. David Hookstead joins us from Outkick.com. Hope you're well, man. I'm doing well. Happy to be here. What did you think when you, when you saw the story this morning that Brittany Griner had been released and, and traded and just your initial takeaway for what, what all transpired and how long this took? Well, I had two major takeaways immediately. First and foremost, I'm glad Brittany Griner is back in the United States of America. This situation never should have unraveled the way it did. It's, it's frankly unacceptable. The Russians know it. The Russians did it on purpose to humiliate and embarrass us. They wanted leverage. It's really that simple. It, she might have had a little hash oil. If you look up some similar cases in Russia, Russians get arrested for that and get a couple months or pay a small fine. They sentenced her to nine years. That was a bargaining chip, nothing more. So number one, happy to have her back. Point two, not happy about having the merchant of death back on the streets, back on back in Moscow. I think that's unfortunate, but those are the tough choices a president has to make. And sometimes to get an American back, you got to let some very bad people go. How quickly will the merchant of death be right back into arms dealing? Oh, immediately. There, there's no now, doubt in my mind yeah. that there, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Russian intel officers were on that plane that picked him up, and they are going to get him rolling immediately. Now, I did see one report from uh, from a site called Breaking Points. They said that they spoke to someone in prison with him, and he's in really bad health and that he might be nearing the end of his life. Now, if that's true, it makes the trade a little more, it makes a little more sense because if he dies in prison, he has no value to the U.S. government anymore to make a trade of any kind. So if he is sick, you do need to get rid of him if you're going to use that card at all. And if he's going to die soon, who cares? I don't know if that's the case, but if he's healthy, he will be back to doing what he did for decades immediately. David Hookstead with us. How is he only sentenced to a minimum sentence of 25 years in this if he is the the most dangerous weapons dealer, as you wrote today at OutKick, in the history of the world? Right. Yeah, absolutely. That is a great question. I think what it really boils down to is they got him mostly on the conspiracy, right? He was he was conspiring to sell weapons to undercover agents that he thought was were going to be used in South America to shoot down American helicopters. So they didn't have money any actual murder charges. They didn't have they didn't have him dead to rights on that. And when you when you get him on a conspiracy charge, you can kind of lob on the charges and rack it up. If they had him on a murder charge specifically, he never would have been released again. So that I'm not a lawyer, but I'm guessing that that's probably why he didn't get a life sentence without parole. Brittany Griner is really lucky she's an American citizen because if she's from almost anywhere else in the world, they're not fighting this hard to bring her back because of how we treat our citizens compared to most countries. And David, I, I saw you uh, tweeting about this, but she's got an opportunity now to be a real change agent uh, and fight for a lot of people who are detained in other countries and other American citizens. I, I know her partner discussed that was the plan now moving forward. Um, do you think we see a different mindset attitude from Brittany Griner after this? I'd have to think that something like this would change anyone. 
It, it, it has to, right? How could it not change you, Chad? How could you go through a situation like this and not be more grateful to be United States of America, to be a citizen of the United States of America? And I will say this, I see a lot of people that are using this as an opportunity to dunk on Brittany Griner's past comments. And I think they should absolutely be criticized. But more importantly, use this as an opportunity to shine a light on how the three of us, everyone watching this, all the OutKick readers, we're very lucky to be Americans. And to your point, Chad, very few governments in the world would have gone to this length to get a citizen back. It's disgusting, again, what the Russians did. I hope she is. I hope she looks in the camera and says, I understand now maybe what I didn't understand a year ago or two years ago. And the world is a cruel, mean place full of terrible leaders. And I'm grateful to be here. I think if she did that, she would win a lot of public support. David Hookstead with us from OutKick. Uh, David, I'm, I'm, I was surprised. There, there were lulls even with Brittany Griner in coverage since February, right? The dips of, of media coverage of where is she, where, what's the update, all this. Um, I'm hoping, like, also, and I, I heard you on, on Dockets this morning. It was great, and you made a great point about, look, as, as an American, here's hoping that any administration will be going after uh, and trying to get Paul Whelan back the same way we did with Brittany Griner, regardless of circumstance. And I'm hoping, and I, I added to it today, like I'm, I'm hoping that the emphasis on Griner isn't lost on Waylon now that we we know that Griner's coming back. Right, and, and that's a, we got to keep our foot on the pedal. Paul Whelan got arrested on cooked up spy charges. Let's call it what it is. He's a former United States Marine, not to get into the weeds too much, but generally we don't send spies to foreign countries with noticeable military backgrounds. It'd be very obvious for the enemy to spot, right? So he's not a spy. There's no doubt he's not a spy. And they arrested him on espionage charges anyways, just so they can have another trading chip. This is right out of the Soviet Union's playbook before it was Russia, right? So I hope the American public remains just as fired up about Paul Whelan as so many people were about Brittany Griner. And I hope all those people with millions and millions and millions of followers that tweeted a bunch about Brittany Griner, which is great, have that same energy for Paul Whelan. I mean, he's just as much being crushed by the Russian authoritarian system as Brittany Griner was. And not only that, he's an American veteran. Like he's a member of the Marines. So I hope people keep that energy. I worry they won't. In fact, I, I would bet just about anything they won't, which is really disappointing. We will at OutKick, though. Yep. Absolutely. David Hookstead of OutKick.com is our guest right now. David, you live in Washington, D.C., so you're right there with the commander story going on. And much like the Brittany Griner story, there's been peaks and valleys. There's been lulls in coverage with it. Uh, but today we got some more news with the commanders. What is the sense there in D.C. around this football team, around the organization, around Daniel Snyder and the accusations about him and his organization, but now the accusations going the other way where Daniel Snyder is threatening to burn the whole thing down with Roger Goodell and others around the league? Well, what I would say, the feeling towards the commanders in the D.C. area is everyone hates Snyder. The, the fans love the team. One of my close friends is a lifelong fan from the area. He loves the team, hates Daniel Snyder. Same can be said just about every other commanders fan I know. This report, to me, is about as damning as it could possibly be without coming out directly in saying Snyder might have broken federal law, whatever it might be. I mean, it's it, it accuses him 
and claims that for decades, two decades, and it was a hostile work environment, you had sexual harassment, you had intimidation of witnesses. We now know that the commanders were the source of the John Gruden leak emails. So this franchise is constantly being embarrassed, constantly embarrassing the NFL. It's really, there's no excuse for what Snyder has allowed to, to happen under his leadership. I must say congrats to your Badgers. I think you had the best hire of the entire cycle so far. Clay disagrees with me. He thinks it's Hugh Freeze. I, I, I think it's Luke Vickle getting him from Cincinnati at, at Wisconsin. The other big surprise here, maybe not a surprise, but the newsworthy piece of this is this is not going to look like Wisconsin football anymore, David, with, uh, with Phil Longo coming in from North Carolina, what he does offensively. What did you make of the offensive coordinator hire in this new direction? Well, we knew when Luke Fickle was hired that the Badgers were changing. I wrote about that at OutKick. I've talked about it on here and with Dockage before. The reality is I don't think fans are prepared for how fast things are going to change because Phil Longo likes to throw the ball around. He likes to air it out, which is the exact opposite of what the Badgers have done for 30 years. We're going to meet you in the trenches. We're just going to grind you down, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It, the question is, and frankly, I'm just being honest, we don't have the skill position players at receiver or we don't even have a quarterback to run a air raid offense. So there's going to be a transition period. It might be tough. I don't know if fans are ready for it, but the old ways of Wisconsin football died the day Luke Fickle was hired. And I think that's something to be optimistic about. You mentioned you don't have a quarterback. Graham Mertz uh, announcing he's going to Kentucky. For Wildcats fans that don't know about Mertz like you would, based on the four-star prospect coming in to Madison, Wisconsin, with high expectations, what quarterback is arriving in Lexington? Well, Mertz has all the physical tools you could ever want in a quarterback. He's got a strong arm. He's a big body guy. He's a tough. The best compliment I'll give Graham Mertz is you won't find a tougher young man than him. He got lit up so many times playing for the Badgers behind our porous offensive line, and he got right back up and kept gritting out. His problem is his decision-making is some of the most appalling decision-making I've seen out of a starting power five quarterback ever. And I think part of the issue is he's so confident in his arm strength that if he sees triple coverage, he truly fundamentally believes he can throw right through it. And he cannot. He absolutely cannot. So he shows flashes. He'll show some flashes where he'll throw five, six touchdowns in a game like it's nothing. And then two weeks later, he'll pass for 79 yards and two picks. So you're going to get a physically gifted player who's who's frustratingly uh, inconsistent, to put it politely. Sounds a lot like Will Levis. So Kentucky fans. Very similar. <laughs> just get, go ahead and get get warm because it could be a lot of the same things you've seen the last couple of years. David, it's, it's very that, That's a great comparison, yes. Appreciate you, man, as always. Uh, great catching up here. Good insight. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks, yeah, David. Appreciate there's, it. There's David Hookstead. And, uh, of course, you can catch uh, America's uh, Joyride, American Joyride. That's available outkick.com and click on shows. Scroll down. It's there with the Trey Wallace podcast, uh, Outkick Bets with Jeff Clark, and much more. Uh, you can hear our show plus the Tennessee Power Hour. Chad, what else? Um, don't have me with Dan Dockage, of course. Clay and Tommy there each day as well. Outkick.com. Click shows. It's all it's there. It's all right there. It's all there. there. You can join us on the YouTube chat. Just search out Outkick360. We hope you'll subscribe and uh, like and join the chat if you're in there right now. And we can get some feedback on this. But the the uh, the oversight committee stuff, chat. this is clearly what Dan Snyder is trying to get out in front of and selling the team, right? Because this was... This was thought to be stirred up prior to even prior to 
Ursay saying anything at the owners' meetings. And I think clearly behind the scenes, even at, and I know that some of the owners said that there, there was not discussed in the room, but Ursay immediately talking about it that day had me thinking that, yeah, they probably brought it up and discussed, okay, if we're going to allow, if we're going to try to vote and, and have him force the sell, what if we agree based on certain terms that he's going ahead and he's going to like save face and actually sell it on his own, right? Because yeah. you're also going to need, as a part of this, you would need um, 75%, I believe 24 of the owners have to vote through the new ownership that he would sell to. And, you know, roughly, I mean, it's it's not so like... So two-thirds. Two-thirds, yeah. And it's not like you have... I mean, you'll have, what, three, four billionaires that will try to buy the team. But it's not like you have a long list. And many of those have already attempted to buy other teams that weren't necessarily selected, right? The, the, the one that actually goes to vote is normally voted through. And so that's interesting in all this, uh, is, is who they're actually going to sell to and what happens. With, does this actually speed up the process? Does it not? And with the NFL now being involved in this, because again, the, the report mentions more than just Dan Snyder, I'm, I'm curious as to, to how all this goes down and how quickly it could. Because the... The Denver sell happened much faster than the routine checks. And a lot of that is because the background checks on previous chances to, to run through and purchase an organization had already taken place by many of these. And ultimately, they got the Walmart money in. It, it, it certainly feels like what Dan Snyder wants right now is for this sale process, looking into it with the bank and everything else to speed up because there's no more there's no good news coming out. Like it, it seems that you, if, if he if he's going to sell that he did this on his own, right? He wants to right. go ahead and push this through because there's not a lot of good that can be done right now with Dan Snyder yeah. owning this team. And I mean he's gonna they'll set a record for highest sale price period in all this. But it's it. I mean, I guess he ends up making more if he sells it now as opposed to being forced to sell, right? Yeah. But then again, like he's still going to end up with five plus billion in this. So it's, it's crazy. That's the thing, you know. Unless Daniel Snyder's going to jail, which he's not, in all of this, the guy's still going to win. So I mean, you can hate him all that you want, and that's fine. He's been a t terrible owner for that organization, and I'm sure he's done a lot of bad things, but he's going to make five bills, right? Yeah. I mean, he's going to yeah. laugh all the way to whatever he wants to do next. I mean, there's no there's no real ramifications for Daniel Snyder other than if, he, if the guy feels embarrassment, don't even know that he really does, but if he feels embarrassment, then he'll feel some embarrassment, and outside of that, nothing. Also, if you're, Dan, if you're Daniel Snyder, who can you trust right now? Because the confidants within the organization have all ratted him out on invest, like the, trying to investigate Goodell and trying to dig up stuff on other owners. Like that's all out on the table now. And so, how do you try to behind the scenes set up things with? I mean, friends, right? Like people you trust. How paranoid is this guy behind the scenes? As he sits on his yacht. So I would think that someone that's compiling 
you know, a blacklist of bad behavior of other owners. Yeah. And Roger Goodell is probably naturally a pretty paranoid person to begin with. But so also I don't, extremely I don't know arrogant. His, so I don't know. You yeah, know? I don't know if his if his paranoia is heightened, his arrogance is heightened, or what. But it's just it's not someone that you want their hand on the nuclear button. Well, that's fair. That that's the issue here. That's fair. Uh, you can know there. Are, Take different owners around the league, and some you'd say, okay, I trust this owner with this information because of mutually assured destruction, and they're not out to burn someone that's of their kind. And what I mean by of their kind, I mean a billionaire owner in the NFL. I don't think any of those things about Daniel Snyder. I think he'd be quick to act in a a temperamental way to get back at someone and unveil information that he should not be unveiling. That's what I think about him. I'm sure... You'd be foolish not to be nervous if you're the rest of the league, if you know that he might have something on you. I would think so. I mean, we know the reports about him trying to dig up stuff on Jerry Jones. At least that's the accusation. Um, and then that, that's the ESPN report. Well, there's and then- also a lot of talk that it was him that gave that photo uh, in Little Rock to the Washington oh. Post. Okay. It was unveiled by the Washington Post that that was one of the things he had on Jerry Jones, which... Doesn't make a lot of sense because the Washington Post has been the most critical of Daniel Snyder. Right. So I don't think he'd be quick to help out Sally Jenkins, who wrote that story for the Post. Well, now, Bruce, but that was one. That was one. You know, theory that was out there that was floated that maybe he was doing something with that. Well, then Bruce Allen, the former Washington team president, testified to the the committee that an NFL executive had told him that Snyder's representatives leaked the John Gruden emails last year, and that of course led to Gruden resigning as coach of the Raiders. Uh, Coming up, speaking of uh, coaching, Stanford, there's a very recognizable name linked to the Stanford job. We'll discuss who and why and if it makes sense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then I have another name that I think would make sense based on what hasn't worked out for him and location. And we'll also give you our picks for Thursday Night Football. Can't wait to hear those. Raiders, Rams. That's next to Outkick 360. Outkick 360, 6th and Peabody. Hutton and Withrow wrapping up what's been a a very fast-paced show on this Thursday edition. Uh, Jason Garrett, according to The Athletic, one of two finalists for the Stanford head coaching opening. Uh, The other is Troy Taylor, the Sacramento State head coach. Sacramento State, uh, we, we mentioned them once this football season for absolutely their, their complete and total destruction of Colorado State at Colorado State earlier this year. It was like 70-4 to four or something. You know, of Colorado State? Wow. Yes. That's nice to go up a notch, too, and beat them yes. that bad. They were that Shows bad. how bad Colorado State uh, was. The other people that were being mentioned for this job, Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman, former Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, and Brocco Mendenhall. But I'm a bit surprised that we haven't heard about Brian Harson going back out west. And to me, that's why it didn't work in, at Auburn. Not because he's a bad coach. He just doesn't fit the SEC. And that's why he tried. He was lobbying hard to try to get that Oregon job last year whenever they, they were doing the inquiry at Auburn and all that. But even prior to that, really. 
And Chad, I think it would make sense, at, again, at a Pac-12 program, for, for Harson to jump in and, I mean, does he win immediately? No. But is he better suited there? Yes. And is he a good coach? Yes. I do believe in that. I just don't think he's SEC caliber uh, for what they're required to do as an SEC coach and recruiting and everything else. I don't think he knew that angle of it. It was just not a fit. Um, and maybe I'm over-exaggerating how bad it was in Auburn for him. I, I like the guy. He had a podcast weekly. Like, It's not like I thought he was a complete miserable failure. Um, he's not dumb. Yeah. I so, mean, I, I enjoyed listening to him speak. And it boys seems he, like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, but I, I, I do think that translates out. Again, he's not going to get the gig, but he came to mind for me when I saw Jason Garrett's name. And that's a very intriguing hire if they're going that direction. Jason Garrett surprised me when I, when I heard that name. Now, every time I think of Stanford, I think of someone with, it doesn't have to be this way, you know, Jim Harbaugh, for instance, he went to a really good school at Michigan, but I think it's someone with that academic institution background. Sure. You know, that went either to a school like that, has some sort of Stanford tie, but has been at a place where you recruit to an academically minded institution. When Derek Mason got hired at Vanderbilt as the defensive coordinator at Stanford, big, big reason was, well, he knows how to recruit and work at an academically minded institution. Um, so Jason Garrett played at Princeton in college. Mm -hmm. So that part of it lines up. It tracks. I think the NFL part of this, you know, David Shaw also, I, I think there, you can have success there with NFL ties at Stanford and, and like a lot of places. That's a good point. I don't see Brian Harson as a Stanford guy. I, I don't know well, why. I'm, I'm looking at that and just thinking maybe it's because he was at Boise State for so long. Okay. But I, I just I'm, don't I'm see him as West a Stanford Coast type and, guy. You know, I just haven't heard him. Uh, Colorado, too. But again, Colorado did what they needed to do. Yeah, they we, went big. They've been talked about more this week. Uh, did you see the what everything that Dion has done since he's been there? Like, as far as like monetary stuff that's been flowing in? Well, and his, I took a screenshot of yeah, this. Yeah, he's getting a lot of money, and his staff is, is top-notch. They had their best merchandise sell ever the day that he had his press conference. They added 175,000 social media followers that day. And they surpassed 2,000 season ticket interest forms just on that one, like, three-hour span of the press. It's going to pay for itself. Yeah. The prime effect is what they're calling it. Um, Thursday Night Football tonight, Chad. Raiders, Rams. Baker Mayfield could end up being the, the QB. To, as we sit here right now, I haven't seen an update on that. They've got their other guys, but you know their, their main guy is... Uh, has a neck issue or something. John Wolford? John Wolford, yeah. He's questionable with a neck issue John on a short Wolford, week. who made my list of some of the worst backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, and the Raiders have two of the most productive players on offense in the league right now with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. This is a route tonight. Uh, no, no Aaron Donald, no Matthew Stafford, no uh, Cooper Cup, of course, no Allen Robinson. This is, this is going to be bad. This is a massacre. Cam Akers is their one opportunity. Um, and if you're a fantasy football player, I think he's probably around nine fantasy points is the uh, the projection. That's not yeah, good. I, I've got That's right their, now it's their best option. I've got Raiders at um, minus six and a half. Yeah, take that. At this point, um, I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go. I'm finding it right now. Josh Jacobs is man. I've got it at over under of 87 and a half yards. Um, he's the NFL leading rusher right now. 
I'm, I'm going to go. I'm, you know me, Hutton. I like to go big. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go same game parlay. Okay. Raiders minus six and a half. Devontae Adams, who is on a heater right now. Anytime touchdown in this game. And I'm going to go over Josh Jacobs on 87 and a half yards. A $3 bet is $10. And the spread is what? Six and a half. Yeah, double the spread. That's my prediction. It's not as much, not as double, much juice as I wanted on that. Double the spread. I was a little disappointed when I put the money in. I'm thinking, oh, just that? I thought it was going to be better. Vegas is playing that well right now. And again, Adams and Jacobs will get theirs. Look, credit to Josh McDaniels. All it took was a report that the Raiders couldn't afford to fire him, even though they wanted to. And that team gelled. They really brought it together. And Josh McDaniels, his output started to increase the moment that happened. But all kidding aside, that's a team that hasn't quit. I look at the Detroit Lions. Another team under Dan Campbell has not quit. So that's a good sign. That's kind of the baseline to me of – are you doing a good job with your guys and your team? Is your level of fight and what you look like late in the season, even when things aren't going your way? For the Raiders and the Lions, they're, they're passing that part of the test right now. Still a lot of other things that need to be worked out with those guys, but that part of it looks good. And as, we're, as I sit here right now, still no, still no update on what the Rams' plans are at quarterback. But if it's Baker, he arrived in L.A. on Tuesday. And we could see him on Thursday Night Football. Al Michaels has been very disinterested, for the most part, week to week, calling these games for Amazon Prime. Like, you can just tell he's bored with yeah. this. And that's, that's awful because... So where are you going this weekend, I Kirk? Love, I love <laughs> Al Michaels on the call. And this could end up being the worst of the broadcast. And that includes that Colts game from earlier this year. Yeah. That was, what, 12-9, the final? Well, that was one where he said, you know, some games can be so bad, they're almost good. And Michael's like, no. No, no. Uh, Michael said that. Herbstreit said, yeah, I'm not going to go with that just yet. No, uh, Herbstreit uh, said that. And Michael's like, no, that's not true. And Herbstreit laughed. There'll be a lot of laughing tonight. Yeah. Join us tomorrow. Outkick 360 starts at 3 Eastern.